With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 3. You know, the past few weeks, God has been speaking and saying so many amazing things to us. And while the world is in the midst of change, aren't you glad that the Lord never changes? He always is the same, yesterday, today, and forever. So in Revelation chapter 3, we're going to take a look down at uh, verse 20. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. Jesus is talking here and he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. I imagine all of you have seen that famous picture of Jesus in the garden standing at the door. And of course, the door that's in front of him in this picture does not have a handle on the outside for him. He's standing and knocking because the person on the inside has to open the door. Opening yourself up to God is one of the greatest things that will ever happen to any of us. It opens up a brand new kingdom. It opens up all kinds of different possibilities. See, while we are Americans, just like other people are in other nations and have their pride and enjoy all the good things of their country that are there, first and foremost, we are children of God. There's some that are doing different things to try to make their point. Uh, you know, they're angry about the Supreme Court decision, this type of thing. I saw one story that I read about a pastor and read uh, something about him and then saw it up on uh, CNN this morning with a news report. And out in front of their church, they've taken their flag down and they put the Christian flag on top and the American flag underneath in order to try to make a point that they are first Christians than Americans. But with flag etiquette, that's not proper. It's just not right. And the American flag is always supposed to be either higher or in first place. There's, there's certain regulatory things that are there. And I understand at times we all need to find ways to communicate what's in our heart. And this gentleman right now, that's the best thing that he can do for him and for his congregation in trying to say we will follow the laws of God before we will follow the laws of man. You're going to see all kinds of things in the days that are ahead for us. But I want to encourage you to know this. If you will open your heart to the Lord, God will lead you all the time. You know that. You're born again. You've already got him in your heart. And there may be times that you'll have to do something to stand up for the Lord and declare what you believe. There may be other times that God's going to have you be silent on something because he's going to use you in another direction. You just have to follow your heart. You have to know that if God is leading you, you will do the right thing. 
And tonight we're going to talk a little bit about healing. We're going to talk about some of the things that happens because, you see, we're a part of a kingdom that no matter what happens on this earth, we are going to live on. We will step into a heavenly realm that we have only dreamed about, only heard about, and yet that will be something that will last forever. We know some of the truths of it. We know the great joy that is there in the throne room of our God. We know that there's no sickness and disease. We know there is no lack. We know all the things that God promises to us that if we live by faith on this earth, we can also experience some of those things right here. But I want you to know that you are children of the Most High God. And because of that, you opened the door. And we have to be able to pray that for our community, that they will open the door of their heart and find Jesus Christ. Because he's knocking. He's knocking. I talked to a young man just uh, yesterday, and in trying to witness and share with him, he said to me, I work every Sunday. He said, I can't come to church. It wouldn't work for me. And I said, well, I'm going to be praying for you that your job schedule gets changed. He said, oh, I have to have these hours. He said, I've got two children. I have this. I have that. I already work a full-time job. This is my part-time job that I have to work on Sunday. And I said, well, you know, there's other services that you could come and be a part of. There's other things that you could be a part of and find if you're looking for God. He says, I know that God's been talking to me that I need to be in church. Now, that was good encouragement for me. Because I'm telling you this much, God is doing everything he can to reach this generation. Aren't you glad for the Holy Spirit? Whoo, he can sneak up on people. Now think about this. He is a spirit. And he knows exactly what's going to touch person A. He knows exactly what's going to touch person B. And he can begin moving supernaturally that as we pray, as we intercede for folks, it opens the heavenlies and the realms of God so that angels can begin to block demonic activity, that the things of heaven begin to flow and expand. And I want you to know that one of the things that God gives to us that he wants to give to the unsaved is also healing. Because when sickness hits, when medical issues show up, there is always the concern within a person's life, am I going to get better? For those who are very sick, will I live? And then they begin to wonder. And people that aren't even saved, they sort of hope that heaven is real. They sort of dream, maybe I'll make it to heaven. I've done so many good things. They just need the truth. And the truth will always set them free. Amen? So how do we do this? How do we keep this part for us to stay open to God and experience his kingdom and also to share it with others? Let's go to the Old Testament. Let's go to the book of Joel. Joel chapter 2. Now you are in a spirit-filled church, Pentecostal, charismatic you are in a church that believes in the power of the Holy Spirit. You're in a word of faith church. You're in a Bible-believing church. We can come up with all kinds of adjectives and phrases to describe us. But one thing is true. We believe that the ministry of the Holy Spirit still goes on today. So in the book of Joel, he's beginning to prophesy. And in chapter 2, take a look at verse 28 and 29. Joel 2, 28 and 29. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit 
on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Hallelujah. It shall come to pass. Would you say that with me? It shall come to pass. One more time. It shall come to pass. This didn't say maybe. This didn't say if you do all the right things. It says it shall come to pass. And there are things happening all around us to prepare the world for them to accept the Antichrist. Satan is pushing his agenda as he has pushed it ever since the moment he was kicked out of heaven. But God has an agenda that supersedes all. His promises and his word shall come to pass. And so while it looks like the enemy may be trying to step things up with what he's doing in deception and fear, it's time for us to know that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is happening on the earth. And it needs to be happening in us. I want to encourage you to spend time every day praying in the Spirit. If you haven't already been filled with the Spirit, with the manifestation of the gifts, start seeking and saying, Lord, fill me with your Spirit. And take that time to pray and thank Him by faith. I am filled with the Spirit. I am filled with the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are in my life. Start praying that way because we need spiritual manifestations. We need those things to happen. Glory to God. Our world has been taught that there are all kinds of technical things that can be done. There are all kinds of things that can be done through automation. There are things that can be done through animation. There are all kinds of things that can impress people with special effects. But what happens if the power goes out? Those special effects don't work. But the power of God never goes out. <laughs> I don't know what happened with the news reports, you know, that the stock exchange closed at 1130, that American Airlines closed down and was offline for a while and blackouts were in certain places. You know what? I got to tell you, there's nothing that guarantees the power will keep going in this natural world, but the power of God will always work. And so when it speaks here and says, in the last days it shall come to pass, we see here in the prophecy of Joel that we, the words I just shared with you are in the New Testament. Now we see what's here in the old. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. God's speaking and saying there's going to be people having spiritual manifestations and moves of God in their life who are on the earth. And it doesn't just mean for believers. Think about how God reached out to you even before you were saved. God, man, he just wants to answer prayer. He loves answering prayer. Before we were born again, we already had several things going. I had a drum lesson that Saturday morning, and there was a special meeting going on at our church, and I really wanted to go to it. We had went on Friday night, and it caught our interest. I wasn't born again yet, but there was a hunger going on inside me. But my family has always been one, if you give your word to do something, you go do it. If you're signed up to do it, you do it. You keep your promises there. And so I said to my mom and dad, I really want to be able to go, but I've got this drum lesson this morning. And, and my mom and dad said, well, you know what? Let's pray about that. Wow, that was a big deal for us because we weren't saved. God hears the prayers of the unsaved. We said, Lord, if you really want me to go 
to this meeting at the church, then you arrange it some way for me to not have to go to my drum lesson. Boom, the telephone rang. It was my drum teacher. And he said, I have to cancel your lesson today. Hallelujah. Would it have made a big difference? Maybe I wouldn't have got saved then. There's something to it being at the right place that you're open to what God is doing. It's like we were preaching on Sunday. There's just certain things that you can only catch because you're there. Because God's doing something. He doesn't always just re-manifest himself the same way every time. He is doing something. And I'm telling you, I've never forgot that. I want to be in his timing. I want my life to be so ordered that I don't look at anything else in the world as more important than God. Because when it's all said and done, those things all wash away. But God will last. God will last. The timing of the Lord, the outpouring of his Holy Spirit. I believe and I pray all the time that the people in our community, that their prayers will get answered. Hallelujah. Have you been praying for your neighbor? Man, that's something. Do you remember what Jim and Jan said to us? They talked about the fivefold ministry was actually six. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and all of the body of Christ. It must be all of us doing what God has called us to do. What, did none of you eat tonight? You're looking at me like you're hungry. We'll go to your place after we get done, Emmy. You got enough food for everybody? Oh. All right. This promise was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. It was fulfilled 50 days after the resurrection. There was something that took place. And aren't you glad Joel prophesied it? Because it wouldn't have come to pass without it. You must speak something out in faith. Something must be put out there. That's how everything works on the earth. We've talked about it since we founded this church, that there are seed, time, and harvest, that we must be speaking out what we're believing. God did it everywhere throughout the word. He did it with these prophets. Even if there was nobody there to listen to, the prophet, the prophet spoke it out and noted it, and then we see that it comes to pass. For every one of us, you want to get your neighbor saved? Tonight when you go home, go by their house, say, Lord, I pray for the people in the blue house. Get them saved. I pray for the people in the greenhouse. Get them saved. I thank you for their salvation over there in the yellow house. Start speaking those things out. Well, but pastor, what if they don't come to our church? We're talking getting them saved. We're not talking growing a church building or a congregation. We're talking the body of Christ. Now, if you bring them and you want to invite them, hallelujah, go for it. Oh, but I don't really like them that much. I don't want them to come to our church. They've got rotten kids and... Listen, you want them not to be rotten, get them saved. Get them in church. Let our teachers wrangle with them in the classroom. Oh, great. Now all our teachers are going to resign because we're bringing in lots of rotten, rowdy kids. I'd rather see those kids come in and be rowdy and get them saved and let God change their heart. Kids are kids. Leave them to themselves and they're always going to get in trouble. It just happens. But give them the word, give them a foundation that will change their heart. Flesh and blood will fail us, but not God. 
I want to be praying for my neighbors so that when they say something to me, I want to be able to believe that God will touch them. <laughs> Here we were on the 4th of July. We'd been out at the campground. Fireworks were getting over. And some friends of ours that are business people in town, on the way out, the wife came over and she said, I need you to pray for me. I said, what about? I, I need to get a different job. My job's going to be ending. These things are going on. I have to get another job. I need prayer. I said, well, let's pray. So fireworks still going off, banging, you know, for independent people doing their thing, scaring you, making you want to jump. And we're praying, Lord, in the name of Jesus, let's have people know that we'll pray. And let's not be afraid to pray for healing. Hallelujah. Yeah, but every time I pray for somebody to get healed, they die. Well, keep practicing. They were going to die anyway. Keep practicing. Keep speaking the word. My friend who was pastoring in Akron, Ohio, after we got out of Bible college, he called me when we were down in Mississippi before we came back up here. He said, listen, his first name was Rod. He said, I got to tell you something. He goes, nobody in my church wants me to pray for him anymore. He said, everybody goes in the hospital here within our congregation. The last three people I prayed for, they all died. He said, one of the deacons came up and said, Pastor, if I'm sick, please don't come to the hospital and pray for me. I'm sure he was trying to be funny, but I'm telling you, it was affecting Rod. He was starting to say, you know, maybe there's something wrong. You and I are not the healer. Jesus is the healer. But without the prayer of faith, healing will not come. When someone prays and believes, God begins to manifest his spirit. Hallelujah. What do you have to lose? You don't have anything to lose. Praise the Lord and learn how to pray with your eyes open. Because unsaved people get scared about that. So that you can look at them and say, let's pray right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I believe you for healing in this body. Amen. Unsaved people don't close their eyes. They've never been in church. They don't know how to show reverence, how to block everybody else out. They're just looking at you. Just something to pass on, something to think about. Speak the word. Now, if you can get folks to close their eyes, hallelujah. But don't try to be too churchy. Because people don't know church culture. Don't try to receive an offering before you pray for them. Don't say, you know what, I'll mention it at church on Sunday and have people pray for you. Well, they could die before then. They need you to pray now. We must be filled with the pour, outpouring of the Holy Spirit and trusting God to do something supernatural. Uh, let's go back a few more books in the Bible to the book of Proverbs, chapter 13. Man, I was hoping with the wraths all getting home and their family, it would start getting loud again. It's been quiet for the past two weeks. Proverbs 13 and verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Remember I used that scripture on Sunday morning? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. When people don't have any hope, they are desperate. And desperate people are willing to do desperate things. 
Some might say, well, you're taking advantage of people when they're not well to try to present the gospel to them. There was a recent move in one particular state of our country that they wanted to try to outlaw chaplains from coming into the hospitals. They said there's too much religion being put on people in the hospital that's trying to put mental anguish on them. They need to be kept out so that the doctors can do the healing of the patients. Now, it didn't pass, but can you imagine? We believe God uses faith and medicine together. We don't walk into anybody's room and say, listen, I'm going to tell you something. You're going to die if you don't give your heart to Jesus. God made you sick to teach you a lesson. If you don't get the lesson, you're going to get sicker. We don't do anything like that. In fact, I don't believe most Christians do things like that. We're there to show them that there is hope, that there is powerful love, and when that hope is believed in, faith rises up and miracles happen. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Hallelujah. Jesus on the cross is our tree of life. He is the one who changes us. Look back one page probably in your Bible to Proverbs 12 and verse 18. Proverbs 12 and verse 18. There is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. Isn't that something? I want our words to be encouragement to people. I want our words to speak life to them. Drop down to verse 25 here. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. I had a chance this afternoon to talk to someone on the phone from our church is facing some real challenges and some things going on. And as we were talking, they were telling me all these pressures that would be putting on their life and their family by other family members. And I just encouraged them. I took them to the word. I spoke the word. I prayed with them. Afterwards, they said, you can't imagine how good this makes me feel. That's what's supposed to happen. The word is supposed to make us feel good. Hallelujah. It's the pick-me-up. Depression does not have to control us. I know there's clinical depression. I know there's things that times have to be taken care of by medication. But I'm telling you, God wants his people free. He wants them to have joy in their heart so that when every attack comes their way, they're able to not only stand their ground, but they're able to stand it victoriously. They're able to stand and believe, okay, God, you're my healer. What other choice do I have? I don't want to give up. I don't want to settle and determine that I'll be sick for the rest of my life. I don't want to just allow these things to happen. I want my life to be changed. Go with me to the New Testament to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18. We have been given such a great book. Oh my. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18. 18. Ephesians 1 and verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? The eyes of your understanding. That's not just talking about our natural eyes here. That's talking about the eyes of your spirit. What do you see? What do you see by faith? 
We could list all kinds of bad things happening out there, but are you looking at the eyes of faith? Are they moving through you? So that when you look at it, you say, oh, Lord, I realize that's happening so that people will accept the mark of the beast. But Father, I am so thankful that I'm not going to because Jesus is Lord. I'm so thankful for the rapture, for the power of God, for him coming for me. And I'm going to try to tell everybody I can to get saved. I want to be enlightened. And you know what? I don't need to chant and sit in a lotus position. Boogie, 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 boogie. That does not bring me peace. Jesus brings me peace. He gives me joy. Hallelujah. There's all kinds of people down in southern Iowa, you know, down there with the transcendental medic medication. <laughs> they think it is meditation. And people are willing to sit and chant to try to find peace. If you give your heart to Jesus, you're going to have peace. Hallelujah. You don't have to sit and try to chant, oh, I've got to come up with a mantra. What makes me happy? Hershey's chocolate. Hershey's chocolate. Uh, what happens if you go to the store and there's no Hershey's? Can you imagine all those people who loved Hostess cupcakes years ago and then they went ahead and went out of business? There were people that were clamoring for the real Hostess cupcakes. I remember seeing a Twinkie that someone had up on some kind of one of these web pages where they were trying to raise money for it. It got up to $500 for a Twinkie. Man, I wanted to say my mother has one on top of her refrigerator. The grandkids put it up there years ago just to see how long it could last. They dated the box, the whole thing. Do you remember that? It's still there. And it still looks the same. Think about that one as you put it in your mouth. Mmm, preservatives. It'll be here after the rapture. It may have to be floating out in outer space when there's a new heaven and a new earth because God ain't going to let it stay. Our faith and our hope can't be based off of just earthly things. Earthly things change all the time. But the power of God, it never, ever changes. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. God gives us the desires of our heart. Let's do this. We're going to jump a scripture back there, uh, Miss Diane. Let's go to Luke chapter 12 and verse 32. Luke chapter 12 and verse 32. Now, if Hershey's or Hostess make you happy, that's fine, but it's not going to give you joy. Luke 12, and take a look at verse 32. Jesus is talking. He says, do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Hallelujah. What one of us as parents don't want to help our kids? You sacrifice. At times you rearrange everything in your life to be able to help your child. We are God's children. Don't let anyone make it seem like God is holding you hostage, trying to punish you or drag something out. He's a good God. 
He's a good father. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sometimes as parents, we do end up saying no to our kids because there's certain things that they don't need. Sometimes there are times that we speak to our children and say, this will not help you, it'll hurt you. God warns us also. But he does give us the desires of our heart when we seek him first. And before you know it, the things that could possibly hurt us, we don't need or want anymore. I always remember my dad when I was a child saying something like this to me. If I tell you to jump, I want you to jump. Do you understand that? My father was not dictatorial. My father was not a control freak. But when my dad was telling me that, he was wanting me to know that if the house was on fire and he was standing out in front of the window and he told me to jump, that I would jump to him. Years ago, we had an evangelist that was here from southern Illinois. His name was Rollin Smith. And he talked about a lesson that he learned years back that he shared with his kids. And he told his kids, now, you can never chew gum. And his kids obeyed him. They had a trust relationship between children and parent. He said, you can't ever chew gum. And when people offer it to you, you need to say, no, I don't chew gum. Everybody in the congregation, we all sat here listening to him. I thought, well, I wonder what his point is. I wonder what's going on. And then as he shared, he said, I wanted my kids to know that sometimes we need to make sure that we can say no to things, even if they aren't bad for us. There are just some things we don't need to do. Not necessarily that it's a sin, because chewing gum is not a sin, but we just need to know that if our Heavenly Father says to us, you don't need to do that, we're willing to say, amen, I won't do it. Yeah, but pastor, other Christians do it. Other Christians do this, and they seem to be fine. I, I understand that. But there might be some things that God says to you, you're going to have to say no to. And by your obedience to him, he's going to take you deeper. Because he trusts you. Think about all through scripture when he would ask things of the men and women of God that we read about. And they were willing to sacrifice. They were willing to put everything on the line when Abraham took his son to sacrifice him to God. Look what happened in those relationships that were opened up that changed everything. It's important for us to know that we follow the scriptures, but we must listen to the Spirit of God. There are all kinds of Christians that drink today. There's all kinds of Christians that do other things that are out there. I have to tell you, you've got to follow the word. You've got to follow your heart. You've got to follow what the Lord says to you. And you've got to know the principle that's there. Years ago, some of you who've been with us for a long time, you'll remember the name of David Esela. When David Esela was over in Belarus doing missionary work and the Iron Curtain fell... And everything began to change in that little area. Some people called it Belarusia. Here was this little country. And they started to make radical change. And overall, Christianity was just represented by the Rome, or I should say the Russian Orthodox Church. 
And so David Eslow was with another group of ministers that all came in. They met with the arch, uh, Archbishop of Russia that was there, uh, sorry, of Belarusia. And they met together, and as they sat down to dinner, they all were eating, and the Archbishop came by, and he was pouring wine in each of their cups. And there were people from all kinds of major denominations and groups that were there. And David and his wife, uh, Nina Esela, were there in the room. And as the archbishop came to them, you see, protocol says in situations like that, you should do certain things just because you should take what's being offered to you. And so David looked at the archbishop and said, I'm sorry, I don't drink. I don't want any wine. And the archbishop said, all right. And he went by him and skipped Nina also and uh, then went around. And there were a couple others that didn't want to drink, but there were many that just said, yes, that'd be fine. When they finished up the dinner and finished up after they had all drank and the archbishop had drank all of his wine, he looked and he said, now, as we open the borders for democracy and change to come into our country, he said, those of you who refused wine, I know that all your denominations say that drinking is bad, but you were willing to compromise and take a drink here to impress me, but you weren't willing to sacrifice to impress the Lord. None of you can come in and open up headquarters and ministries here, but those of you who refuse to drink, the door is open to you. Wow. When David came back to the States and he told that story here and shared about what went on, they were able to get books in by Brother Hagen. They were able to get things in. There was a monastery that was in freezing cold weather that had no heat, had nothing, and yet a container was able to be shipped. We helped pay for that container to get over there. And they put food out on the tables in these monasteries. And all these priests that were in training for the Russian Orthodox Church, they all said, we're so grateful. And David Eslow was there and he said, here's some books about faith. Here's something that Kenneth Hagin wrote. Here's something that Kenneth Copeland wrote. And they took all those books and they just devoured them. There is a strong church in Belarus today because believers were willing to take a stand. Never be ashamed of what you believe. Never be ashamed of what revelation you have from the Word of God. Hold on to it with all of your heart. That doesn't mean that we go around condemning everybody else that's out there. Just keep speaking the truth, because if it's truth, it's going to be truth tomorrow. It'll be truth the next day. And as people open their hearts, they'll be able to see it and to follow it. The Father wants to give you the kingdom. You can receive miracles, signs, and wonders. You have authority over sickness and disease. Let's go further back in the New Testament, the book of James, chapter 1. James, chapter 1, and verse 17. James chapter 1 and verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Every good gift is from God. Hmm. Now I have to tell you something. Most of you, if you're around me at any amount of time, you know that I have a lot of keys. I have two separate key rings. This one key ring is just for stuff here at Faith Walk. 
all these keys. They're in order, so I know what each key does. If they weren't in order, I would be confused all the time. I have another key ring that has the car keys, our house keys, and has keys to the Oasis and everything that's down there. On Thursday, I lost those keys. Some of those keys are the only keys on that key ring to all the things that they would open. Now, when I first found out I had lost it, it was freaking me out. <laughs> I retraced my steps. I looked in places. I mean, that particular day, if, if you're going to think anything ill of me, you will on this. The pair of pants that I had on had a hole in this pocket. So I usually carried them in this other pocket. I know. They should have been sewed. They weren't sewed. Hole in the pocket. If I would have put them in there, they would have dropped out. So right away, I thought to myself, where could I have lost the keys? What could I have done? And I just prayed. I said, Lord, show me the keys. So... Friday morning, I had to come back in town. We'd taken everything out to the campground because I had a funeral to do. As I'm driving into town, I realize I have no keys to get into the church to get my funeral book to do the funeral. Meg was coming into work. I called back. I said, get mom's keys and bring them in. So she brings the keys in, and I don't know my wife's configuration on her key ring. And I'm trying these different things. Meg says, the keys are on the Minnie Mouse part of the key ring. So I'm trying them and it won't open my office door. Then I looked and here's one key hanging off of a Mickey Mouse on there. And I thought, hmm, my wife, me, Mickey Mouse, put it in to open my office. Okay, so I had the office open, but all those other keys were gone. So they weren't there Sunday. On Monday, they weren't there couldn't find him anywhere, but I kept my peace in my heart. God, show me those keys because I cannot lose them. I want you to be that determined in your faith when it comes to sickness also. We had prayer meeting here as we do every Tuesday morning at 9.30 to 10.30. Finished up praying. Everybody else left, and I felt the spirit inside me say, go out and check your car again. Went out and got in the car looked in the side panel that if I'm going to put keys somewhere it would be there on the side panel and then the Lord said look under your seat looked under my seat and in the far back which I have no idea how it got there because my pocket does not empty there there were my keys there was great dancing and joy in the parking lot I felt like that woman in the Bible that had lost a coin and swept the whole house to look for it. And when she found it, there was great joy. Our world needs the supernatural touch of God. I want you to be willing to chase after God, even when you don't see it manifest, and put your faith and trust in him. My greatest thrill as a pastor is to see the word of God working in your life. My greatest thrill is not sitting back saying, let's count numbers because numbers will impress God. My greatest thrill is to see anyone find the word of God and find that it works. 
when it works for you because you have pressed in with all of your faith, it will change you, it will transplant in your life a joy that will be so powerful that every time the next challenge comes, every time the first unanswered prayer shows up, you will be determined not to let it stop you because you are determined to get what God says is yours. Every good gift comes from the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me give you one more scripture. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 36. If you ever lose keys, Walmart has lots of them. We had stopped and got a bag of ice that day, so that was one of the places I checked. I said, do you have any keys that have been lost? You got a key ring with about 20, 25 keys on it. The lady says, oh, we get keys all the time. She pulled out this big container with all these keys. I thought, does nobody ever ask? I looked, and they were all just three or four, you know, piddly key rings. I thought, what's wrong with these people? I know, I'm the wacko. Matthew 22 Take a look at verse 36. Matthew 22 and verse 36 through 38. Teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Think about that. See, verse 40 in that goes on and says, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Everything is summed up. Everything of all the other details that is there about following God that was in the Old Testament is to love the Lord your God with all your heart. If you love him, you will be wanting to please him. It's pretty simple, isn't it? It really is. And then he goes on and says, but then you got to love your neighbor. Ah, but you don't know who my neighbor is. I can love you, God. You mean you can love a being that you have never physically seen, but you can't love your neighbor who rubs you the wrong way? He tells us later on in Scripture it doesn't work. You have to love your neighbor as you would love yourself. And if you love God, you're going to love yourself because you're wanting to be well-pleasing to him. Let's do this tonight. Let's take a moment of reflection and look into our hearts and see that we would love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Let's put him first. Let's put him first, not because we hang a flag above another flag, not because we just get mad at someone who's preaching something that we don't believe in anymore, and, and, or should say we maybe never believed in, but now they're doing something different that is contrary to the Word of God. Let's hold on to the Word. Let's know that we have a kingdom that is greater than anything in the natural. Do you remember what was happening in Jesus' life here on this earth? There were people that wanted to have an earthly kingdom set up. Oh, my goodness. You know, maybe the kingdom is going to be restored to Israel. We'll get rid of these Romans that are here. Give us Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. 
Here was Jesus going to be put onto the cross and the crowd starts hollering, give us a thief, give us a robber, give us someone who's bringing civil unrest because they want to overthrow the Romans. There were people that were looking right at the salvation of God in front of their eyes and they couldn't see it because they were just looking and making sure that everything on this earth was okay. The Romans only lasted so long after Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Other oppressors came in through the years to do different things. I'm here to tell you, our nation will be our nation because we pray over it, we believe over it, and God will change people's hearts. But no matter how quick or how slow that happens, we are a part of a heavenly kingdom that will usher in the return of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Do not be discouraged. Do not lose faith. Do not sit back and look at news and think, boy, that's the worst thing that could ever happen to us. When you know that you are a part of a kingdom, that the trumpet of God's going to sound, and you're going to go flying up. <sighs> Hallelujah. Man, the devil can't promise that. The world can't promise that. My goodness, no president can promise that. Can't promise eternal life. But Jesus Christ can. Oh, let's stand up together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I would like to ask you, if, if you've got something, you don't have to confess it to us, but you can take care of it with the Lord tonight. If you've got people that you've never prayed for just because you don't like them, they hurt you, they took advantage of you, you don't want to be around them. Tonight, I want you to be able to lay that upon the altar of God. I want you to be able to give it up because it's holding you back. And there are people that will insult you and hurt you, and God says you got to love them. Doesn't mean you agree with them, but you got to love them. I'm asking for the Lord to touch all of our hearts tonight. Along with that, take a look at loving on your heavenly Father. Oh, when was the last time you just sat down with him, quiet in a room by yourself, and just said, I love you. I love you. There are going to be some people that tell you you're nuts. There are going to be people who tell you you don't hear from God. God doesn't speak today. He's speaking if you'll listen to him. So even where you are this evening, as we close our eyes and go into prayer, you take it up to the Father. He knows those neighbors. He knows those family members. He knows those people who've been pushing your button. And ask him to give you strength to be able to forgive them and to be able to love on them. If you've already got that all taken care of, then hallelujah, you just pray in tongues and rejoice in the presence of God tonight. But I would like us to pray, and you can feel free to kneel or to stand and lift up your hands before God, but let's worship him with all of our heart. Heavenly Father, oh, forgive With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.